Welcome to the Wilson Show. This is Lord Extra Cooler, and welcome to the Extra Cooler Show. Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a problem. <laughs> right, so, uh, right, so, uh, what's in cooler? Oh, just blew my mind. <laughs> your rhino, your rhino's on ya. Extra credit. Port, 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 port side heater. Extra credit. Welcome to the Extra Cooler Show. And now, Karate Fighters presents Part 2, Gang Rules, the Extra Cooler Show. Welcome back to Part 2 of our Survivor Series 1997 episode of the Extra Cooler Show. My name is Nick, otherwise known as Extra Cooler. This week, I am joined by Hop God Doink. Work rate, doink. Jimmy Polo, doink. Uh, they've all applied their face paint, if only. Uh, but they're here. We've done our homework, and uh, I think this is going to be a little bit more entertaining, this back half of this card, than uh, last week's episode. If you didn't, uh, go back, listen to episode 77, where we cover all of the uh, awful uh, beginning half of Survivor Series 1991. Um, can, I, can I apologize for missing out on that? I do. I do want to apologize because I'm not <laughs> someone that like ever believes in regrets. I don't have regrets. I don't hold that kind of thing in my heart. But I'm going to take missing out on DOA versus the Truth Commission to the grave, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be a, a, a true regret of mine that I missed covering that. Understandable. You know, I, ha- I have to admit, Nick, that. I thought the episode was pretty damn entertaining, if you ask me. And the front half I, of Survivor Series is the piece that was, uh, this one yes. will be more entertaining. I thought I thought we had some fun last week. So if you haven't I mean, listened, I, we did. go back and listen to it. And uh, yeah, just minus Jimmy Polo, which we, we certainly missed you. And um, hopefully Stu can make it, an appearance today. It, no, we'll yeah, see. maybe. It was certainly interesting. I loved listening to Gang Rolls, as you get rolls, right? That's <laughs> yes, how you pronounce yes. it, Gang Rolls. <laughs> But um, I do you, I would you guys say is it better for someone to go and watch those three Survivor or whatever how many Survivor Series matches there were or like should you just stick your head in a microwave because that's that's the way that was <laughs> that's how we, we that's how we made it seem yeah yeah You're like one point five stars you like wanted a crucified Mikey workmate for that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was definitely a highlight. Uh, We definitely had some fun with it. Um, But as usual, you can find us on Instagram at Extra Cooler and over on Twitter at Extra Cooler Show. All right. So, again, our homework this week is the second half of Survivor Series 1997, which when this episode drops on the uh, 9th of November, it will turn 25 years old. That's why we're covering this. Um, This event is the 11th annual Survivor Series. takes place in Montreal, Quebec. Uh, in Canada at the Molson Center. So we're picking it up right around the uh, one hour and 27 minute mark and we've got Vince and Commissioner Slaughter backstage and they're they're back there with Michael Cole, a very skinny Michael Cole. And uh, how, basically... How are you going to gloss over the free dog tags, man? <laughs> <laughs> Jim asked if I, I was going to... Before we started recording, you like went to go get a drink and Jim was like, are we going to cover the dog tags? I, absolutely, man. Like <laughs> in 1997... Your cable bill. Yeah, you probably sent in your cable bill. Matt, no, no, I wasn't able to order it. You got to <laughs> yeah, remember yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but 1997, Matt, had zero interest in a dog tag. 
2022, Matt, I would rock the shit out of one of those WWF dog tags. You kidding me, man? It's got the old how much... logo on it and everything. I feel like I wonder... work rate and uh, our esteemed host, Extra Cooler, would have loved the dog tags. They had those like silver chain collars. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I had an ex-girlfriend give me one. I did not wear it for very long. <laughs> Mine was a graduation present. <laughs> that he's still wearing right now. Oh yeah, I was having some technical difficulties because uh, <laughs> I sent in my cable bill <laughs> oh, yeah. trying to get this dog tag, but yeah, you were you faxing happened. it over over there or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back after the dog tags, we have Vince and Commissioner Slaughter backstage uh, with Michael Cole, and Vince basically is just telling us it's important that the fans get to see this main event, and uh, he's asked who's going to win, and with a smirk on his face. I don't know at this it's, moment. Uh, and Slaughter's, really dressed, Slaughter's dressed like um, the, what's his name, in uh, Christmas Vacation with like the Dickie, the, what's his name, Cousin yeah. Eddie? <laughs> Cousin Eddie. Yeah. Got like a Dickie on underneath his uh, suit jacket there. It's like a fake turtleneck thing. It's, yeah. It's a disaster. We, we mentioned this last uh last episode how this is the first time Vince is not on commentary, and it's really like the, the, the beginning of him um, – fully embracing that like ro- this new role on camera um all right we're ready for yeah, the first it looks... this, wasn't to, until this storyline that he really didn't figure it out you know yeah and nick you you i kind of cut you off there i feel like vince the way he's like is coy about uh he doesn't know i feel like he's selling it like a work i don't know he's i think that and that's my yeah. spoiler for what i think later so. I, he looks genuinely distraught in this think so? to me like he looks yeah he doesn't project so himself as normal Vince McMahon and I don't know if it's because we're used to the welcome to Wrestlemania kind of Vince <laughs> McMahon like this dude is soft-spoken he doesn't look at the camera a single second in that entire promo and it all just feels super reserved and maybe I'm buying the work maybe i'm just eating it alive of like the kayfabe but man he looks legitimately shook in my opinion we could we could go like in a deep dive about how like the conspiracies of this this match and and the montreal screw job and and everything that came from it was it work or or not um i don't know we're going to talk about it when we get there but let's talk about the first match that we're covering tonight which is you need to expect a text from Tom Montalto from the Turnbuckle Tavern. Now that you've said conspiracy theory and work, uh, Tom will be texting you, I promise. <laughs> All right, let's get down to action. First, coming down the aisle, we've got La Nation of Domination. Uh, Love it. And it is uh, none other than The Rock, Farouk, Kama Mustafa, and D'Lo Brown. Uh, and they're facing off against Shamrock, Ahmed Johnson, and the Legion of Doom. A very naked Legion of Doom, uh, if you will. I don't know if anybody else picked up on the fact that they don't have their shoulder pads. Oh, yeah. Right? That's Yeah. yeah. We're going to get to that, I think, right? Oh, yeah, Um, sir. So uh, this promo is just Shamrock and Hawk talking? It's Shamrock delivers a classic, tell him, Hawk. (laughs) And then but animal and and animal. Ahmed Johnson's back there, like, just ready to seduce all of us. <laughs> yeah, he's just staring so seductively, as you would say. 
when they go on, they're going on about the criminal elements in uh, the nation of domination. Yeah, I feel I like we can't escape from like midterm commercials here. It's like the black and white, the criminal element of the nation of domination. Like, all right, guys, <laughs> you're laying on laying it on a bit thick. <laughs> I I just this reminded me very much of like the same Vader promo that we got in the mm-hmm. last episode, where yes. the guy that's leading the conversation and the guy that's speaking isn't necessarily a mic guy in Ken Shamrock, and they are yeah. pushing this dude hard. And he gets a major pop when he comes out. He's the first oh, one out totally. in, in this match, and he gets a massive pop, which I did not expect. And I just, I was never a Shamrock guy. I don't couldn't tell you why he just wasn't engaging to me he wasn't like didn't capture my imagination even with his little like i'm gonna hit my face rage thing that he had going on (laughs) but i i don't know man shamrock didn't really do it for me same i was a big rock guy so he was always feuding with the rock yeah but uh, yeah let's get one thing straight though his his music slaps and and then you got shamrock comes out then ahmed whose music also slaps Ahmed Johnson looks like he just walked out of the shower. Uh, he's taped up like the Bionic Man. It's like he's got it's his full knee pads That's on right. his knee pads on his quads. You think he looked like he just came out of the shower? I think he just came, looks like he came out of the car wash. It looks like they like applied Rainex to him. It's like water beating off of him like unnaturally. Like I've never seen such. Yes, things. it is like Rainex. You're right. Right? Yeah. Either that or like a lube, the Lube Channel on Pornhub or something like that. I don't know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Buckle up. Oh, this is a long match. Day. It goes it goes 20, 20 minutes long. Uh, I do like how Legion of Doom, Shamrock, and Ahmed Johnson. I think this is all coincidence, but they've got a little team unity in the red and black that they're all all donning. Um, so this, this is a good Survivor Series match on paper, right? Like I know you guys saw oh, the one hundred percent. You guys watched the microwave dog shit. And now this is like the the main event here. This is fun. Oh, it's a, it's a lot of why fun. You skipped week one. Yeah. Now, we, now we get it. Part one. Shamrock looks tiny compared to all of the other guys in this match. Like, who's the next smallest guy? D'Lo? Gotta be, right? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, yeah, and he's I mean, still a pretty big guy. The Legion of Doom's, like, totally uh, swole here. Like, those guys are just, like, bursting oh, yeah. out of, like, you know. Yeah. Um, Rock makes quick work of Hawk with a rock bottom in the middle of the ring that he reverses. Um there's a few eliminations that happen pretty fast, right, in the beginning, and then yeah. it kind of, like, drags on. Um, Ahmed gets thrown in the corner and gets whipped by D'Lo, which I thought was interesting. There's a lot of, like, stuff that I forgot about. Like, the the timeline of Ahmed briefly being in the nation and then him departing, and I think he's just fresh off of returning from an injury uh, yeah. uh, on of this course. card. Of course. He's, yeah, he's always returning from an injury. Constant. Yeah. Ahmed, Ahmed gets whipped in the corner, and then nearly immediately after it, he delivers Pearl River Plunge to Farouk and eliminates him. Farouk just stands on the outside of the ring, right? It's like, what's going on? He trips Ahmed Johnson, holds his leg down as, <laughs> like, one referee's counting the pinfall as the other referee's trying to pull Farouk off of Ahmed Johnson. I I don't really understand like what's so that ref out there has zero authority. Yeah, (laughs) just tell the other ref, you idiot. Yeah, tell Tim White to go back to your point about guys getting eliminated like easily or randomly. It's it's like so classic for Survivor Series matches, like 
where they'll get eliminated or pinned in a way they never would otherwise. Like, like a, a clothesline. Yeah, a clothesline. Yeah. Pit toss, <laughs> pin. Like, it's other right. hour. And they're always, you know, scrambling on the floor, like, almost kicking out. Like, it's, yep. it's just, just a funny little uh, aspect of the Survivor Series match. So he goes down like twenty percent. Uh-huh. <laughs> at, at one point, did you catch that like deafening sound that comes over the arena? Yeah. Yes. Like, what What in God's name is that? Lawler and and Jr. have no clue what it is. JR Lawler says like maybe Kane is leaving the building. And, and then Lawler like pr- Lawler, it almost seems like he was pissed off because he throws Kevin Dunn under the bus yes, almost yes, immediately. It must be um, our illustrious sound guy, Kevin Dunn. Yeah. Wow. You don't. That's like. <laughs> Way inside baseball for them too to be right. totally kind of comment. Yeah, my favorite part of that segment though was the cameraman freak out, especially the oh, dude yeah. like the cameraman that's wearing the Austin three sixteen shirt. Yeah. Like the looks like guy. he just shit his pants, and he's like, "What's going on? What's going on?" It's like <laughs> yeah. when the fire the fire alarm is going off in the mall, yeah. and there's like a couple of people that are like running for the exits, and then everybody <laughs> else is like calmly looking around, like this is probably nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, not to not to belabor the Ahmed Johnson thing, um, but do do you notice how he's getting drier? Or he's getting less wet as the match goes on. <laughs> did you notice this? He's like dry at some point. It is like he's like a human car wash or something. He's, <laughs> he's like every phase. He's like I don't know. He's like what do you think? He like pisses soap suds at the end of the match, and then like two, two like serial killer guys dry him off a of towels at the end and get two dollars in tips. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite now is like the rainbow suds in the uh, car washes. Yeah, I like, get that? I like that part That's too. Sorry, it's still enjoyable. At one point, uh, uh, Kama's caught showboating, collides with Rocky on the ring apron, and the match is back down to two on two. Um, D'Lo is a is a highlight for me later on in this match. Like he was a pleasant surprise of a guy that can go like. No knock on D'Lo, but just at this point in time, like I feel like I did not remember uh, him having this much action. Yeah, you don't like he was just in the entourage of the nation, and uh, he got pro over plunged on top of a car. Remember that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I do. Because he would only wear like he wouldn't even wear wrestling gear for no no, suit or something. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like in memory you only really remember him as chest protector D'Lo, but I guess he's getting going here, and he is. He's always been fun to watch. I think. No shit. So we we get down to D'Lo and Rock. D'Lo and Rock versus Animal and Shamrock. And um, at this point, Billy Gunn, they're they're going back and forth for a while, but then Billy Gunn comes out with his face painted like Animal and Road Dog is wearing the shoulder pads. And this goes back to the previous episode where we were like kind of wondering why uh, New Age Outlaws weren't interjected more in the tag title picture. You could have used the video package. Mm. You can, yeah. You and your video packages. <laughs> well, does this begin the feud? Or are they just like starting to pick on LOD here? Because I know that they get into a whole thing, obviously. After no, I this. think yes. It's already, it's already in, established. Yeah, it's established. Yeah, they shaved off their already. Even from, like oh, right? like Road Dogs wearing his Jesse James gear and stuff. I feel like he's wearing South Park stuff when that happens. I could be wrong. It's I, I very have close. To admit, though that animals like mohawk mullet that he's got going on is top notch here, mm. like really, really good. The, 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 the animal of his, really noticeable. Yeah, I mean, the animals, length of his hair is impressive. Animal is the superior Legion of Doom member. Ooh, correct. Wow. I mean, absolutely. Mm. I, I always like Animal more. Yeah, I don't. I 
looking back, I mean, just the face paint alone is is yeah. so much better. All right, but... Mr. Artist here. Visually, <laughs> yes, animal wings. Yes, but the the in the ring and like the charisma and the wow, yes. like all yes. of that stuff. Yes. Oh, one hundred percent. It's awesome. Yeah, but this, yeah, it's, it's interesting it, though. There's never like a guy like that. There's never a guy that you lean towards though. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of like where I'm going at. Like I feel like every tag team you have a guy you gravitate towards. They were a tag team that you always kind of just you like them both. You like them as a nah, team. You, you do like them as a team for sure, absolutely. But Hawk Hawk is like sixty forty. Yeah, because Hawk, Hawk, I'd say, is like All right. animals like baseline solid, but Hawk, to use like fantasy football terms, he's got a higher ceiling. He also has a catastrophically low floor. Oh, know, my God, yeah. falling off like, a <laughs> yeah. Titan type shit right later on. Yeah, mm. poor bastard. Sounds like somebody's gotten a lot of trade offers this week. Yeah, I got one. Yeah, you know. <laughs> All right, uh, so this this match just kind of falls apart. D'Lo Wait, taps out to the- Talk about the best spot, please, when D'Lo spreads Ken Shamrock's leg and uh, <laughs> legs like a chicken bone, and Rock just punches him right in the dick. Like, <laughs> like usually they kick him, but he just like punches yeah, him right. Punches like, he, like, him. Slugs his what penis. Was, uh, messed up. What was the Jay and Silent Bob villain? Uh, he had the big oh, hand. Oh, Cockknocker. That was his name. Oh, Cockknocker. <laughs> I was thinking of the a word I can't say on this commander. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, so D'Lo taps out to the ankle lock. Ref gets rid of uh, D'Lo. Rock hits Shamrock with a chair uh, and goes for the pin. Shamrock kicks out somehow. Uh, I thought we were going to see like a similar ending to the one that we did with uh, with Vader and Bulldog previously, um, but Rock taps out pretty fast to the ankle lock. Uh, I don't know if you guys picked up on that. What glossed over the first ever people's elbow? It was the first ever people's yes. elbow. Uh, yes. I did not realize that. I apologize, Rock. How do you know that? Do you have? Do you have? Can you cite your your source on this? Uh yeah. Your own fandom <laughs> account. Keepers. Yeah, all right. From, uh, well, I apologize that I missed Monday that. Night Raws. <laughs> uh, th- is this like a preview of Vince giving the fans what they want with Shamrock going over? You think because that pop. You know, especially like what's going to happen later in the night, the disaster that he knows that is upon him. Maybe. And you guys dogged Shamrock earlier, but I think this guy could have been world champ if he sticks around longer. Like, Oh, I agree. Like, main events, the no. next pay-per-view against when Michaels. When he snaps, they absolutely go bonkers. Yeah, and he's like a precursor to all this MMA shit you see in the WWF now. WWE, yeah. I apologize, you know? He, I don't know. He fits. He fits at this time yeah. and place, I think, for sure. He he uh, totally does. It's just I never gravitated towards it. So I was the guy who enough. was taking a big old turd on him. Fair <laughs> enough. Anybody want to give this match cans in the cooler? Yeah, five cans because uh, Rocky gave a pecker punch to Shamrock. Uh, <laughs> five pecker punches. No, it's like a, it's a solid Survivor Series match. And like putting it on the scale, you know, sliding scale, you guys talked about this. For Survivor Series matches, it's better than most, I would say. I don't, I don't know. I'll give it a four on the Survivor Series match scale. Well, compared to, I think you're right when you said five. We could use more sniper to... and recon like any match. <laughs> Compared to every match on the uh, the the first half of this card, this is definitely a five. Um, but I, I was entertained. I give it a three. I'm gonna split I'll, you I'll, here and go three and a half. I'll I'll see your three. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. It was still it was still Survivor Series esque. Meh. You, you hate 
you hate Thanksgiving, don't you? Man. You hate the Survivor Series. <laughs> yeah. You know, you work in retail long enough, you uh, you <laughs> start enough. to hate the holidays. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like Halloween guy, for personal reasons. Yeah, listen, Thanksgiving. Listen to this guy. He doesn't like mayonnaise. He doesn't like the holidays. He doesn't like candy corn. What is happening to the here. hop god? I think he would, you know, you ever see that meme or it's like a tweet where like someone says, um, if me and my buddies found E.T. when we were kids, when we were kids, we'd beat him to death with hammers. I think us at Matt, Matty, the hop god, would do the same thing to the gobbledygooker when he was a kid. If he found him, he would have beat him no, to death no. with a hammer. The, the, the hatred, the, not not the hatred, the just it's disappointing day. You got a good, you got an amazing front half of the day. And then the back half of the day is like, eh, this sucks. And then you get into Friday and you get your, your carcass dragged all over the floor and uh, run over by cars and shit like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's not as bad as it once was. I've, I've gotten out of the malls and I'm, that's one of my only days in stores now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've got DX music playing to preview the uh, next, next pay-per-view in your house, Degeneration X. Um, like the writing is on the wall for, for the we love of God. That as a yeah. sign. Like, obviously, Sean's gonna win. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> yeah Does anybody it, remember anything from that card? Shamrock and Michaels. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like. That's all I can blind. remember. Uh, it was, uh, and it's got the the. Gr- camp, right? Yeah, it's, and it's got probably one of Sean's best uh, gears of all time. At least one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. The the green and yellow. The chalk line has the shorts with the X through them. I'll, I'll just send you a picture. Black. I mean, it's green and black, right? Yeah, green, green and yellow. Yeah, like, like green and neon, like the extra cooler colors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did um, we cover the boot camp match? Was uh, HHH and Slaughter? No, no, I we wanted to. Yeah, it was a contender. It was definitely a contender. I feel like every opportunity Mikey Work Great brings up this match, but it's never won. It's never won a poll. Never. <laughs> no. The boot camp match? That's a Jimmy Polo uh was it? I don't, I don't it was know definitely in the Triple H uh, uh, appreciation. So anyway, while we're on on this this tangent, let's talk about what's in everybody's cooler for this very special episode. Who wants to go first? Oh, very special was exactly how I felt today. And I, the Hop God, did not bring a beer. I I've got a little bit of Scotch neat here. I've got some Macallan Twelve in my my uh, glass with the. New York skyline etched on it, so uh, it was a special occasion. I figured it was going to be some some toasting going on, and the Montreal screw screw job drink from Mikey Workrate last week. What was it? The the, the screwdriver, screw Montreal driver, screwdriver. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, um, very clever, I had to follow suit. So thanks. Cheers. Clink. I like it. Did did you bring something, Mikey Workrate, to uh, combat your your screwdriver from last week? I was thinking about it, and I actually had another screwdriver ready lined up, but I kind of chugged that. And, what do you got? Uh, a white Zinfandel? Yeah, white Zin. <laughs> it's from Dogfish. It's uh, slightly mighty, and it's uh, one of those lower locale IPAs. But uh, Dogfish is pretty good, and so is this. All right. Well, since you guys tortured yourselves last week, I feel like I had to torture myself this week. I have a uh, Cutwater White Russian. <clears throat> so it's a uh, White Russian with Cutwater Vodka and Coffee Cream Liqueur. It's 14% alcohol, so it's uh, I might be kind of like slurring my words by the end of this episode. Did you did you buy that, or is that from our uh, our 40th birthday uh, uh, vacation yeah, uh, this past summer? Still, it's still, no one, I haven't <laughs> no. been able to 
pawn this off on anybody. <laughs> so it is from the vacation back yeah. in July. I, I drank <laughs> one of those then. Yeah, I know. it's just like one of the last ones. Hey, would you like if you go up to someone and go, "Hey, do you want this milky uh, drink with like fourteen percent alcohol?" They're like, "No, nah, I'm good." <laughs> that but, sounds but, disgusting. But here I am because this is like the furnace and the fawn of beverages. I'd say. Oh man, good good one. Way to bring <laughs> it back. That, hey, we, any way you want to go. Yeah. We bought that specifically for Mikey Workrate on that trip. Yeah, and, uh, I, I appreciated it. I'm a little upset that they've wound up in Jimmy Polo's cooler. Yeah. <laughs> they would have been long gone if they were with Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking with last week's theme. I'm bringing uh, some more tequila, and it's on the rocks. Uh, it's uh, Mijente tequila. It's Blanco and oh, smooth. It's delicious, and I'm drinking it on the rocks right now. Excellent. So we're ready to get back, back to business. So we've got a lot to cover, uh, and when I say a lot to cover, I don't necessarily mean this Stone Cold versus Owen Hart match. Uh, Owen is the Intercontinental Champion. Um, he's facing off against Stone Cold. This is their rematch from SummerSlam 1997, which we covered this past summer. Owen comes down with uh, Bulldog, Nineheart, Furnace, and LaFon, who, mind you, I don't. they're not even in the picture at SummerSlam. These guys just popped no. up out of nowhere. They pop um, in, pop out. We get a video package highlighting Austin's King of the Ring victory, showing us uh, how Austin knows no pain, as they say. Um, they show us what happened at SummerSlam, and uh, Austin comes out, and the crowd seems kind of conflicted. Like, they want to cheer for him, but then they remember that he's facing Owen type of reaction. Um and I, I like it how the poor bastard, he's got that glass entrance way, and it only sh- only half of it shatters, yeah. and he just he, walks right through it. He tries to give it a little elbow or a little, like, shoulder block to see if he'll yep. break it even further, and nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not the and same as you, the rest of any other team. No. So he gets down to the aisle, and as Owen, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, as Owen and and the Hart Foundation guys are coming, first of all, I love this entrance. It's Owen first, he's got the flag, he's got the belt, and then you got Bulldog, like, just carrying both slammies, like, holding them up with a big shit-eating grin. Anvil looks (laughs) angry. Furnace and LaFon are in the back. Um, But Austin's... Oh, yeah, what's up with that? Did they, um, did RVD rip them off? I don't know. Yeah, imagine. The yin yang. Austin, yeah. so did you pick up on the fact that Austin's, like, in the corner of the ring with his back to the camera most of the time, and he's, like, chirping with a fan who's probably about, like, in the 12th row? I don't know if anybody caught that, but he's going after him for a while. Like, I, I want to know what that person said to piss him Interesting. off. Huh. I'm, like, scanning to try to find what you're talking about now. Yeah, it I goes on for a while, uh, and then all, uh, we'll we'll probably glance over it. But uh, Michaels has like similar interaction with some of the fans later on. So it, it these it's Canadian definitely some interesting stuff with these kids, man. Yeah, they look like they're overflowing in the crowd between like the the amount of signs and Canadian flags that they're holding up. Like they really look like they're going to spill over into the ring. Oh, you're totally right. I've got it now. He's like. Telling the the fan like he's wagging his index finger like come on yeah. come get it he like dr- uh, drops the ropes down like he's like yeah come on come and get it wow right so um, Austin uh, gives the chicken and everything he like yeah does chicken yeah. wings like so st- I want to know what that fan said um, or what got him so riled up but yeah, uh, skin like that right. Austin's in the ring. He's got the vest on. Uh, it, it takes Owen forever to get in and join join the match, which is kind of cool, like because he's afraid. Techno music. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's got the siren, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Austin doesn't remove the vest for quite a while. Owen no, attacks him, cheap shots. Uh, Canadians are absolutely ruthless in this match. Like they they want him to have his break. neck broken. Yeah, break break, break his, his neck. neck. Break his neck. It's crazy. Yeah. And that Owen three sixteen shirt, by the way, that was classic. Oh yeah. We yeah. were at uh we were at one of the Raws and I remember Jim's brother wanted to get that shirt and oh, I did. I, I want I was we, all I was you wanted to get it buying it myself but didn't have like a extra large which I for some reason <laughs> which I would never even think about buying now like I, right? I don't know back then this... it's insane to think I would buy that because <laughs> it's like a you know a yo a twig a twig <laughs> yeah <laughs> this this match is wild because it only goes four minutes so like is I kept trying to figure out like. Is Austin not fully healed? Are they running yes. out of time? I, no, that's what it is. Austin, Austin's not like 100%. That's why. He, he broke his neck three months ago. Yeah. Right. Is this first match back? Yes. Yeah. Has to be, right? I believe so. Yes. I, I believe, believe so. Is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, they fight up and down the aisle. I, I do like how from <laughs> earlier in the night they still haven't put um, – <laughs> They still haven't put the Spanish announce table back together. I kept waiting to see if Tito Santana would be like sitting uh, crisscross applesauce like, <laughs> over at ringside, but he was unfortunately not. Um, Owens choking Austin out with the cable wire, asking the ref to disqualify him. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Nice little touch to how like he just wants this match to be over with. Um Owen even rings the bell himself. I don't know if you picked up on that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Disqualifying himself. Uh, <laughs> Owen is just, Owen is such a, a treat, man. This guy is so good. Nobody else Did wants you pick to up in on <laughs> the commentary? There was some commentary gold during the uh, during this this whole match here, and it was short, like you said. But uh, Jr. says that Nightheart doesn't know where he is, which is not really anything revolutionary. He normally doesn't. <laughs> yeah. That one popped yeah. me. And then um, the King, as Owen is trying to you know walk out of the match and walk to the back, um, Owen is opening a can of Hall ass. As, uh, yeah, yeah. I heard that. that. I thought that was a good one too. <laughs> Lawler's um, got a lot of good not lines throughout the night. I think he's he's on his he game does. here. Yeah, he's this... not into puppy mode yet. He's, he's no, not no, there no. yet. Like, so still, he's still like, holding stuff. Yeah. So the end of this match, did anybody else pick up on how they like almost try to recreate the SummerSlam ending? Yes, exactly. Uh, Austin Austin sends him off the ropes. He goes for that flip into like the the tombstone, but they like completely botch it. And it just ends up with Austin flipping him the bird and giving him a stunner and one, two, three, we've got a new champ. And that's it. Yeah, it was like... You remember looking damaged. forward to this rematch quite a bit, right? Cause it yes. Because like, poor Austin was like riding, was, you know, on a rocket to the moon and, and then that, that injury was brutal and it really derailed right. things. And, but this obviously was, uh, you know, get back out well, there and get your sea legs again. Right. And, you know. You know, ahead, actually, Mike. if if Austin doesn't get hurt there, does he? You know, does Vince come out and like say, you know, we just we care about you, Steve? Like, and then to get stunned, you know, does it lead to all that? Right, but but it's mean, just very. I don't know. It's so interesting. All of this, how like it's so quick that he drops the Intercontinental title. Right, he just gives it away. Right, he like throws it in a river after this, I think. Right, and like right. Rocky finds it or Rocky, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. 
And then he's shot to the moon with his rumble win. And then, you know, Sean, like, what, six months later? Not even six months later, four months later. Yeah, you'd love to know what the path was. You know, he obviously was going to win the, that belt at SummerSlam, but you want to know, you would love to know what happens if that injury doesn't happen. Like, is he. I, I would assume that he's still on pace to win the title at WrestleMania because that's yeah. what they do, and that's what they always did, right? But my, I, my guess is he wouldn't have been flirting with. He wouldn't have been flirting with the Intercontinental title, and perhaps that match um, that we watched in the previous episode would have involved Austin and would have involved Owen, maybe, and would have made it a little bit better if you had Owen, Bulldog, um, and Anvil, and then, you know, maybe it would have been, you know, we referenced this last time, maybe it would have uh, been a little bit more of Canadian Stampede Part 2, where the Americans get their, like, uh, retribution. Yeah, you probably would, because, I mean, this is a throwaway piss match. It's like six minutes, five minutes, something like that, right? Like, so that's a great point. That might have been the case. Yeah, And then that's a real uh, Survivor Series match with real captains. Yeah, absolutely. I think the if he doesn't get hurt, the the first stunner with Vince doesn't happen. But he does go on the route to WrestleMania. That was always planned, and then mm-hmm. Vince is revealed as like the owner, and then like you know he doesn't want Austin to be the champion, and it still goes on from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I, I it's hard to say because we could do all this coulda woulda shoulda, but like really, Brett lays the foundation for that that. Mm-hmm. Whole oh, yeah. thing, you know, with without but, Brett but, and what's going on during this era, I don't think we fully get Austin the way. Yeah. Austin, I don't think we fully get Austin and McMahon. Yeah, because Brett sets it up and then Austin takes right. the ball and runs. Yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing. We talked about that in a previous episode, and they we showed did. the highlights of it with Brett, you know, and and Vince's, and they were, that was really intense, and like it was the most. I remember being uncomfortable watching it as a kid, um, him and Brett and Brett and Vince's interaction because it was so like, whoa, what's happening here? Like, I've right. never seen something like this before. So it's a Brett great point. Brett rips the headset off. Uh, Austin picked up the ball and just, you know, headed to the end zone with it. I yeah. know. Uh, no, we, we've got a lot to cover. So I'm, I'm going to skip right to uh, – the the don't try this at home video um it i know uh matt had pulled the clip and it, it's pretty classic uh and when you look at the guys that are in it it's it's pretty cool to see um because so, this is the era where like backyard wrestling was really taking off and people were really starting to do it i thought it was the do not try this at home it, it was not it was just the attitude era. Oh, like it was oh, just that, like i apologize it was just them being like attitude and like <laughs> that was it. Uh, oh, I apologize then. Don't I glanced over. Was it's like got the same feel to it. Though. A moonsault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was like, you know, you think I'm just a wrestler, but I'm an athlete. Like it was like, okay. I apologize selling, guys. It was selling the launch of the attitude and I thought it was beautiful, but it was also 50 seconds long and I didn't feel like wasting a minute in the middle of our <laughs> podcast to just replay a, a, a video promo. But, uh, Definitely go seek it out. It was it was excellent. All right, now I want to spend some time on, uh, in my eyes, the the greatest feud in wrestling history, um, because it features two of my favorite wrestlers. So we get Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. Bret's the champion. Uh, he's in Canada, as everybody knows. And we get a video package highlighting WrestleMania 12 and uh, Shawn Michaels' Iron Man match win in overtime. Um, then we get later in the package Hitman winning the title back at SummerSlam and how 
how Michaels was involved with that. Um, cheap plug if you want to go back. We covered that this past summer. Um, but we've said this before, and I don't know many people that would disagree. This is my favorite, and I think this is the absolute best version of Bret Hart that there has ever been. Hands down. I mean, I don't know. There there could be some others um, like that early Intercontinental title reign, but to me, this is the best version of Bret Hart. Yeah. And, and, and this solidifies his role in my rankings of my own personal like top five wrestlers. I always love that super kick in the wheelchair and these four yes. backwards. Love that. I, I always say that it's the most realistic Bret. It's the most believable Bret, and quite frankly the the work that he does here in a heel role is is absolutely tremendous because we all believe that's what brett really is it's so interesting too because they're like they're clearly such perfect foils for one another but they're both unlikable in their own yes. ways too right mm-hmm. like 100%. it takes a lot to like i mean why do people like brett at this point just because he's canadian like that's not really a good reason right. honestly Right. And like, and Sean is sneering. He's like the biggest, but I mean, it was like so perfect for 1997 that it, it worked in that way. So, but they, man, they yeah. work. It's like this perfect moment. A collision yes. too, you know, and they've it's, had a lot of matches before this and it's like, been, but it, this is, this is something yeah. else. It's also like, like Brett's all about like the family values and Sean is this degenerate. He's like picking his right. nose with the flag. Right, he's like Brett's, Brett's constantly making like to to quote uh, Seinfeld. He's basically making fun of him for being a fancy boy um, and like <laughs> yeah. insinuating that that Sean like is in Playgirl and you know it's we're not talking about things that nobody knows about. Anybody that's listening to this podcast knows about this feud. I mean, they've had a bazillion podcasts about it. They've had a million. Uh, you know, documentaries about this. Um, it to me, it's one of the best feuds ever. And also, what Brett was able to do at the time to be able to go to Canada and be a face, but in America be a heel is like is incredible work. Incredible work. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. On a, I do. Yeah, zero to ten spectrum too. Like they hate his guts in the, in the America, and they love him so much in Canada. I love Nick. You rec- referenced the uh, the Playgirl stuff, right? So it was Playgirl, and like even in the promo, <laughs> Sean's talking about like people don't agree with his lifestyle. Like, what is yeah. that? He's like, yeah. What is it? What does that mean? He's wearing like cowboy hats and stripper clothes or something. Brett doesn't like that. <laughs> right. Oh no, right. Brett doesn't no. like that. Wait, wait. Nope. Let me tell. Let me tell you a story about Brett not liking <laughs> that. You know, uh, one time we we were in New York. We took the uh, the the uh, the the, the, the rhino out for his bachelor party, and uh, we were hopping from Gentleman's Club. You, you know what that is, right? <laughs> we, we were hopping Gentleman's Club to Gentleman's Club, and we, we stumbled into a, a Chippendales, and uh, we didn't know what it was. And uh, Brett jumps up on the table. He's like, there's boy toys everywhere here. <laughs> and was, there's a boy toy there. And a boy toy. <laughs> And 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 and. and, and. <laughs> oh, still I love when Stu shows up. I love it. Stu's still you are a wild old man. Stu. I think the Stu Stu's is like insinuating that Brett was gonna like shoot up a Chippendales, which is like crazy though, because he why he hates boy toys so much, Brett. Like, yeah. So that 
That's part of it. But Brad is such – he's like the same thing. He's like a womanizer. Oh. Even in his own book, he's talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Right? He's like – Okay, I, Brett. He's projecting. Like, I don't know. I saw like a a, a tweet. Oh, this was a while ago. I think it was Stack Guy Greg tweeted something in reference to Brett's book. And someone someone responded to him, I never thought this book would make me so horny. <laughs> <laughs> like in reference to the way that Brett talks about himself throughout it, it's 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 just wild. It's like a walking contradiction. Yeah, um, he's, he's got his issues. So back back to to this match. So we also get. I said this last episode. We get the best version of DX in my oh yes, uh, my opinion. Rick Rude, Triple H, China. Um, they go get the European champion, Shawn Michaels, from his locker room, oh, and that classic locker room music hits. If I could put my my headphones in every day from the moment I leave my car and walk into the front of my school and just hear that classic, ding, 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 ding. Like, I don't know what it is about that music, but it's so good. And just, like, trying to listen to the four of them talk and, like, Sean just, like, just looking, coming across as so arrogant. Like, where do I go? He's oh, chewing he's, the gum. He's, he's sneering. He's literally oh. sneering. I wrote in my notes. I wrote in my notes. I know Nick is loving this with these, the four people, not three, right? Four, Rick right. Rude. Um, in this year, 1997, I, and I asked in my notes, like, does it get better for you than this moment right here? Does Like, no. this is it, right? Like, this is the coolest. Yes. Like, the, the peak. This is this is one hundred percent the peak, mm-hmm. like for me, because it's like right as things are about to like explode, mm-hmm. um, and and not even the outcome of the match, just like no. the the build up. It's like Christmas Eve right now, um, yeah, the, of the, the attitude backstage, era. and then they yeah. walk out. And oh, then the mega heat. You, Earl. mega yeah. heat. Oh, it's I love it how they're walking and then bulldogs in the background. Like I don't know if it's you caught so that. Bizarre. Like, but, but, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, bizarre, because I'm bizarre. But, but then, but, like, it's it it's so cool, like storytelling wise, how they like come out, they get led to the to the entrance by their faction, and basically tell them like, no, you stay back there. And you know, Jr. reminds us of that throughout the the introduction. But Sean just holding the European title over his shoulder, he's getting doused in beer. Doused. Absolutely, That's the word. Like, doused. Yeah, <laughs> right. He grabs the Canadian flag. Canadians are are red hot. He he gets in the ring, like wipes his ass, does that whole like wrap, oh, yeah, rolls towel. it up and yeah, towel <laughs> like between his legs, blows his nose style. with it. Yeah, throws it down on the mat, crotch chops, and starts humping the flag in the middle of the ring. Um, I can't even read to you guys what some of these signs say in the crowd. Oh, There's just bad. so. Canada is a very homophobic place in 1997. <laughs> yeah. Let's just put it that way. Um, you can't you can't see beyond the second row because there's so many signs in the mm-hmm. crowd. Um, just but, to go back uh, to Doust for one second, the best part of that when he gets hit with that thing and he gets nailed is mm-hmm. that he flips his hair and just like yeah. and continues sneering. He like shakes it off. <laughs> yep, it's, he's such so a professional. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Yep. It's like the most professional thing I've ever seen. <laughs> So, only that Scott Hall. Uh, yes, yes, I was yeah, about to is. ask that question. Absolutely. Which one is? I think the Scott Hall one is just a notch better, but that's, this one is still one, beautiful because yeah. Scott Hall gets hit in the head with a uh, <laughs> coke, and he just waves his hands yep. through his hair yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, so good. And Sean, Sean has the same energy. He brings the same thing, but he just oh, chops down on that gum, like snarls, and just yeah. wipes it yeah. out of his face. It's so good. 
it's it this match has like such a big fight feel it's it really wild does. it's wild that it's at survivor series to me um you've got brett he's backstage he's got anvil and bulldog with him like they've ditched uh-huh. furnace and lafon owen owen's not with him been at survivor series sorry maybe it wouldn't have been at survivor series if sean didn't like keep postponing it right yeah but when else would it have been if he kept postponing it, like at thirteen, yeah, at they weren't weren't they supposed yeah. to fight then? Yeah, you're right. I don't know, I, but works perfect. It it, yeah, it, it, it ends it, up it, working it perfect. Out. Yeah, but but I guess what I'm getting at is it's just like this is this is the biggest Survivor Series match of all time. Gotta like, be. Yeah. There's there's nothing else that holds a candle to this. Um, so something else that really helps build this to me is the announcers are quiet during the entrances. Mm-hmm. And and Brett's in particular, like the 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 silence is deafening, and it's because they're re- they're allowing the crowd to react. You're going through the whole thing, and then once Brett gets into the ring, they are selling this like it's the biggest fight in the world, and it's more it's more than just a match. It's more than just wrestling in this moment, and. I don't know if it's because we're looking back with hindsight. I don't know if it was just the build was incredible. The intros of like that really boxing style, like Mike Tyson coming out of his dressing room yeah. kind of vibe. But like yes. here, it, it, it built the stage. It set the stage so, so incredibly well. And then can I play the Waller yes, and JR clip? It's 35 seconds of just pure, this is how you sell a match. So matter of fact, it's all about the power, like really hit home with me enough where this needed to be brought up and shown to everyone that's listening as well, because it, it was a masterpiece in selling a match and setting the stage. And uh, man, did they deliver. I love that you said you mentioned that they they, you know, go silent to at first. They gave me chills listening to you say that because like, yeah. it's like in any sports big moment, like any good announcer no, or commentator, whatever you want to call them, knows to shut up when it's it's like mm-hmm. let it speak for itself and this is yep. this is the match that you do that for so that's really cool it's it's so well done yeah. like just the the build like i said before just such a big fight feel you know it, it, i don't know just the stare down and sean lets him have his moment in the middle of the ring um there there's so much that you could talk about with this match and this feud in particular so yeah. to me, I, to to me, the the craziest thing that like everybody remembers the the end of this match. We all remember how it ends. But for me, I, I forget the little things like how it starts off like Sean just going after the front row of the crowd, and then how it starts with them making their way into the crowd and up the aisle for the first like eight minutes of this almost twenty the, minute match. That's another thing that makes it such a big fight feel like they're yes. just brawling they're just is that what it is to get their hands on each, each other, other. it's is not that what a it is? match it's a fight 
eight minutes of brawling before the, the bell rings? Is that what you had? You clocked it? Yes. Yep. Wow. Eight, yeah, eight minutes. Just it's one of those things on where you top f- of it, when they get into the crowd, it looks like they're in the middle of a mosh pit. It looks insane. Yes, it it looks like you're in a hardcore show, and these dudes are the only two that are like throwing down in the middle of it. Like, uh, uh, it's it's a spectacle, man. It looks so, looks so cool with the crowd jumping on them and like getting in there. Yeah. It, it's it's a next yeah, there's level no stuff like there's no like security guards yeah. in there for a while. It's not it's till, referees. Like, yeah. So and not even in the beginning is it referees. Like first you have Vince and Slaughter come down and then like Patterson joins them and then eventually you get referees who are like trying to hold the crowd back. <laughs> uh but in the beginning when they first enter the crowd it's it's just the two of them yeah. which is yeah. like pretty wild Sean that they let Sean get in there. Like welts and stuff and they yeah. mention it like Sean's back is all red and he's got welts on him. Nuts. I love he, uh, the, late, the late building. Just to add one more point about it, like it's like when you're watching a movie and you forget you're you're watching the beginning of it, and then the, and then the, the title cra- comes yes. in, and you're like, oh, yes. this is just starting now. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. this is awesome. Perfect comparison. Yeah. Kind of like screaming. and Sean. Sean throughout this whole thing is like just egging the crowd on. Like he wants the heat, which is yeah. to me, I uh, I don't know, man. I was always a heel magnet, uh, you know, especially during this era, and I still am. I always. I go the opposite of Sam Roberts when he says "boo the bad guys." I have always embraced the heels. Um, I don't know, even yeah. even before the Austin turn, this this whole thing is just it's incredible. And this plus the, the America Canada thing gives you a reason to cheer for the yes. heel here. Not that you weren't anyway, but and Sean, this makes me sad though too because he gets hurt right like what a couple months later, yeah. at Royal Rumble, and he is so good here. Do you see how springy the guy is? He's oh like, my god, yeah. he's on another yeah. level. I think it's like the best. I don't know. You can argue this, but I think this is like the best that I've ever seen. Michaels, I think he's like, and it's not over the top springy like him versus Hogan or something. Right. It works so well. He's selling so much for this guy, and it's just it's amazing to see. He's a freak athlete, and he's yeah, you know, playing oh, with the best of all time, right? I mean, you can't yeah. do that. Even no. Jr. Even Jr. on commentary in the intro is saying Sean is very arrogant, but he is the greatest athlete in the history of the World Wrestling Federation, bar right. none. Like wow. he talks about it, and cool. it it shows here the um. The selling shows here. Brett is working super stiff, if you ask me, especially from like the very first clothesline, sending them out to the outside of the ring. All of this looks looks stiff, man. And it needs to be because they're working through the crowd. They're working up the aisle way. You have Vince right there making himself known, playing into this whole thing. And it's the storytelling is incredible. The refs getting bumped uh, in and out of this guy in and out of the aisle way. The heat feels real. It's crazy. They go into the crowd, then they get back to ringside, and and Sean chokes him out with the American flag, and then then they manage to work their way back into the crowd, and that's when you finally see the refs like kind of holding the the Canadian crowd back. It's almost as if they knew like, okay, Sean's gonna get his offense in here. Like we need to hold these animals back, otherwise Sean's gonna be a dead man. <laughs> Right, he tries to go for like a pile driver, and that's when when Brett flips him over. And then you've got Vince, like the whole time, he's like yeah. three feet away, just chirping constantly. Get in the ring, get it started, get this match started. Um, again, this is just all stuff that you forget about. Um, 
yeah. when you think of this match. There's yeah, like even a, a Canadian getting a lick in on them, like in the crowd. He's wearing yeah. like a figment hat. You know, you know, like figment yes. from Disney. Like he's wearing a yes. hat. It's yes. like the most insane. He's like hitting them in the back. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Stuff you would never see today, which, which adds to the fun. Like 20, must seem like 20 back body drops. I oh, think. yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's he's constantly trying to like pile drive Brett onto the concrete, and Never Brett just it. keeps Always reversing it. <laughs> yep, he even takes like a suplex onto the aisle, which has no padding, no mats. Um, it, I don't know, man. It's it's such a a fun match to watch, especially the beginning, and it's such a different style than yeah. WrestleMania 12. I have never yeah. been someone to love WrestleMania 12. I always thought I remember watching it live. I think it's too long. Uh, I don't have, like, back then I didn't have the attention span for over an hour. Now I don't have the attention span for over an hour. Um, and this is so, so much more aggressive than that match. It is. That's a great way to put it. It's much more aggressive. That is like a, I don't even know how to put it. They feel each other out, right? And it's, yeah. Even in hindsight, you know, it's just the one fall. Maybe if it had more falls in it, you'd right. be more rewatchable. I don't know. Right. But this I'm is... sure there there are plenty of people that definitely enjoy that match, and it's got its it's got its pros. But uh, in the this end, a, I this is a I blood feud. This. That's like a scientific yes. battle, right? I mean, this yeah. is just a absolute yeah. perfectly said. Yeah, yeah. So, you guys ready to get back into the ring? Yeah, let's do it. You guys good? If we get back, and finally make our way into the ring. You know, this match is. Oh, just about 20 minutes and the first eight minutes like i said are spent outside of the ring um and then inside the ring it's just it's just the same thing you've got the signature like 1997 bret hart where he puts sean in the figure four around the ring post which like i feel like you only saw during this era of bret or at least that was like yeah. I, I feel like you saw it more than you saw the sharpshooter. You know, he would pull pull uh, his opponent to the corner. Brett would apply the figure four from the outside of the ring while the opponent was inside the ring around the, the ring post. Um, and Michael sells it beautifully. Like, he looks like he's writhing in pain. Yep. Brett looks like he's exhausted. He's got that classic Brett cotton mouth, um, <laughs> which must mouth be a heart thing. Heart, yeah, heart family trait. Yeah. yeah, mouth mouth agape with like foam pouring mouth out of it. Agape. Yeah, <laughs> um, he he breaks it, but Sean's uh, Brett's constantly working Sean's leg throughout it. It's it's amazing storytelling throughout yeah. it, and then you throw in like the other layer of what the hell is going on with these two guys, like backstage, right? Mm. So everybody knows. Like we kind of just glance over it, assuming everybody knows. You know, Brett's contract's up. Everybody thinks he's going to WCW, and he's going to take the belt. He doesn't want to lose the title in Canada. He's willing to do the job to anybody but Sean at this moment. Um, and it, it's it's crazy. Like, I listened to Bruce Pritchard. Well, well is it anybody? He's willing to do it to anybody but Sean, but would he have been willing to do it to, with Sean outside of Canada or no? Like, I think, yes. So that's what yes. he's never for. Right, he never so got supposedly. That, that's right? what he, yeah, he lobbied for that, and he was just like, um, you know, just not in Canada, just not in Canada. But it was like, is he going to actually show up the next sure. night? Like his contract's over. Um, Do man, you guys remember? The, like, I'm remind me here. I am not as versed on the homework here as as I should be. Like, was this well known going into this match? Like that Brett was already done. I, I forget. I mean, like, 
there's signs yeah. in the crowd saying, yeah. you know, thank uh, you, right? Like, thank you. Thanks Brett. for the like, memories, Brett. Like, and then memory. that's yep. next to a sign that says, good luck in WCW, Brett. There's like a Brett and NWO sign that's floating okay. around. Yes. Um, there's a sign in the very beginning uh, that you see, and it says something like, why wait, just leave now, Brett, or something mm, like that. Yeah. Like it, there's, there is certainly a lot of stuff floating around and it shows in the signs um god it's so fascinating even 25 years yeah, later, man. Right? Like, it, is. it is there's there's so much and I, let's let's just get through the rest of the match yeah. and i i, I kind of jumped the the gun um because there's so much discussion to be had um these two go back and forth and there's like it's pretty much like one is either dominating the other throughout this right they they work their way into the ring. Then they get back outside of the ring. Um, but I'm ready to go home if you guys are. Is there any spots you want to touch on before we go home? I just before we do that, I you said it earlier that, you know, Brett does classic Brett here and is working on the leg. The storytelling of working a body part is done no better by any man in the history of wrestling except for Bret Hart working the leg and setting up the sharpshooter. Like it, it's so it's so told out in front of you that anybody can see the story that's being told the commentators come in and talk about it and watching him work during this match and in the beginning of it is just a an absolute treat so i wanted to throw that in there because it it deserves to be of course here. absolutely and i'm no. always a i'm always a brett guy like but man sean i think sean is like Brett's awesome. The perfect man, foil. Sean is the, is the yeah. standout here, too. He sells every move like he's in a goddamn car wreck, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. it's incredible. Like, it is just amazing to watch. And, like, it's – and and, and then the, the flag comes in, right? The Quebec flag. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is it, why is that legal? Like, is that – I know. They no are DQ, each other, right? Like, yeah. is it – there's I don't know that that's what I was trying to figure out because there's definitely like both of them are uh, should have been disqualified many they, like, times in this yeah. match. They're letting they're letting them play, right? They let them yeah, play. <laughs> they are each other's perfect dance partners. Like yeah. neither of yep. them ever had a a better foe um, in the ring and, and storytelling wise as well. Much to the so chagrin to, of each other, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Especially especially. Brett, right. and I hate to even go there. Um, but so to go home, we get signature Brett, like I said, 97. He's got Sean back in that figure four uh, around the ring post, and Michaels is selling it. Uh, Brett finally breaks the count, pulls Sean into the middle of the ring as Brett continues to work on and, and just torture his leg. Um, and then then he's got the figure four on Sean at one point in the middle of the ring. Um and it really looks again. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just like buying into it, and Sean's selling it so well. But he looks like that figure four is like Brett is clenching it in. Like I've delivered many figure fours to uh, to Jimmy Polo and Mikey Workrate back in the day, and oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> like you used to have to crank that thing, man. man. Um, triggering. You're triggering my PTSD, man. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> that thing hurts, man. <laughs> so Sean reverses the figure four, causes it to break. Uh, Brett's setting Sean up for the sharpshooter, but Brett goes off the top rope, which is just bizarre to see yeah. right he goes off the top rope and in class this isn't the first time sean does this but he goes and pulls hepner in between the two of them hepner collapses and uh sean has brett in the middle of the ring 
and here's the the infamous scene that everybody knows. Sean goes to apply the sharpshooter, and at first he goes and crosses the legs the wrong way, and uh, he he has to correct himself, and and I think Brett almost corrects him on this, um, and he applies a sharpshooter, and the rest is history. It's like so incredibly fast that he turns him over for that sharpshooter. And Hepner gets up out of nowhere and calls for the bell. The rest is history. JR is asking us what happened. And so here's where things move extremely fast, right? Because we've all seen the the post clips that have come out in these documentaries of wrestling with shadows. And and it, it's literally JR is asking us what's happened. Sean's selling it like what happened from the seated position at the ring. Brett hawks the massive heart loogie <laughs> onto Vince. Yeah. Um, and they come out. You get Triple H and Patterson Briscoe. They grab Sean and, and he grabs the title and he's ushered into the back with those guys. And from the moment Hepner calls for the bell, we get 60 seconds of pure chaos. Yep. And then the show goes off. Yeah. It goes off the air. Um, it it's wild. I I literally rewound the last like three minutes of this and watched it five times because yep. of how fast it all happens. I did the same thing, and for a comical standpoint, my favorite part of it is watching Earl Hebner really freak the f out. Like he not oh, only yeah. does he like pop up out of nowhere. He just took this bump. He's like getting on the ropes. He's kind of there, and then all of a sudden he's super with it. But if you ever watch. He's so like anxious about this thing yep. that his wrists are just like flopping in the air. Oh, yeah. Like they're just <laughs> oh, it, listeners can't yeah. see um, how <laughs> yeah. right now. He's flailing yeah. away. It's like a like a little kid that's like super excited and bouncing up and down and like yeah. or like and the wrists just have like no no care. Uh, it's it's wild to watch him. But as soon as he calls for the bell, that dude jumps out of the middle middle rope and just gets out of dodge. Like is completely out of there. And you hear him talk. And Mikey Workrate sent out a clip earlier of him on Busted Open from like 2019. He was legitimately fearing for his life because yeah. he, he Brett made him like promise beforehand is what everybody talks about. You know, wrestling with shadows certainly certainly gives you a, a, a view into this that we had never seen before. And um, he, Brett asked him straight up, you know, don't screw me. Don't screw me. And here we are. And he just got out of Dodge, man. So there's so many different things you could listen to, whether it's busted open, something to wrestle with, uh, or the, the mass man, the top 25 catchphrases in, in attitude history. Um, they break this down in two parts, which is beautifully done by everything David Shoemaker does, as per usual. Um, but some of the stories that come out is that, like, Vince, the people that knew was Vince, Sean, uh, Gerald Briscoe, mm-hmm. and and then eventually they had to bring Earl Hepner into it. And basically they threatened Earl Hepner, like, well, if you're not a company man, Timmy White is ready to do it. Oh, wow. Um, and Earl Hepner was kind of like, yeah, I'm a company man. I'm a company man. I'll do it. Um, and and that's how he did it, you know, went out. He was, you know, he was the main event referee. We all know him and love him during this era for that. Um, but there, there's just so much to talk about with the end of this match. Yeah, man. Um, so the first thing I'm going to throw out there is, to me, this is top three most iconic moments in wrestling. I think for me, and and 
someone like Tom might completely disagree. Um, <laughs> and I'm not, not knocking him, but because I remember watching this live, I remember going into high school the next day and, and kids talking about what happened. What were you, this, freshmen? Uh, sophomores. Sophomore, sophomore, sophomores. Yeah. This is up there with, in WWF and WWE history, this is up there with Hogan slamming Andre, if not mm. higher. Um, yeah. This is yeah. this is up there with Hogan turning heel to join the NW. This is start the NWO. Um, it's it's one of the most iconic wrestling uh, like re- sorry one of the most iconic wrestling memories that All I right. can think of. Here's here's the here we go. Is that people always talk about the Mount Rushmore of the wrestlers? Is it the Mount Rushmore moments? Has I think be, it right? should be in there. Has to it's on has there. to be right. It has to has be. To be. The hardest part is that there's another moment that accompanies this, like, and it's very close in time. I think there's this and mankind getting thrown off the the yes. top of hell in the cell, yep. and they're very close in the timeline. Um, but but this is between Hogan slamming Andre, then comes Warrior and Hogan. Then there's got to be this. This is the next closest thing behind Hogan and Warrior. Um, what about uh, Piper using the um, fire extinguisher yeah. on Robert no. Downey Jr. Yeah, no, get the, get out of here. Kick him out of this so, right now. The, I, I, I'm, I'm, ignoring, I'm ignoring the comment, but you've got to... <laughs> I'm pushing this off of... like I'm pushing the Warrior Hogan part out of the... the you know, your four yeah. slots on yes. Mount Rushmore. Oh, yeah, that yeah, That doesn't yeah. make the cut for me. I understand chronologically that's what you're talking about. Like, the huge yes. moments were, were WrestleMania three and... Hogan slamming Andre then it was warrior and Hogan uh, and how important that was. And that's like that brought in an entire generation of wrestling fans. That's how important that was. And you hear a lot in our podcast inner circle talk about that match being their favorite of all time. Um, But this is there without a doubt Hogan, Andre, this, I think the hell in the cell is something that you, you have to think of, like for these these types of conversations, the the casual or the non wrestling yeah. fan knowing about a a part of history is certainly one of them too, man. Like this is I think I think we have a topic wild. for our hundredth uh, episode. There you go. It's coming down. <laughs> so it's coming to go, we're about a to, month away. To go back to this match, you know what I found very, very interesting? There is not one single attempt of sweet chin music in this oh, entire match. Oh, that's cool. No I thought that was pretty wild, um, and I, yeah, no, yeah, and he wasn't really stomping during this era so much, but there was no like, like during in WrestleMania 14 versus Stone Cold, you know, he's got the attempts and you know the spin around, like how that whole match ends. There, there's not one attempt of a super kick in this match, which is pretty cool. That's a uh, Michael's fan would pick up on that. So that's yeah. amazing. I, I, it's not something I thought about when I was watching it. That's so so I, I, I feel like we've never really heard, and I don't know, maybe we haven't done a deep enough dive, but we've never really heard the story of how this match exactly was supposed to end. Um, but Pritchard tells the story on his podcast how um, he had no clue that this was going to happen, right? And he's in the back, and I guess there was a spot that was set up where – Bulldog, Anvil, and Owen were set to do a run-in, and they're waiting backstage watching the monitors with Pritchard, and they see the end unfold, and Owen is, like, freaking out, like, what happened? What happened? And Bulldog's response is, they fucked him. 
They hooked him. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and Pritchard had, like, no clue. And supposedly, like, during this whole thing, uh, Undertaker was backstage. He's not on this card at all. He's, like, taking a break. But he watched and kind of, like, like, flew under the radar with Pritchard He's watching pissed, on the monitors. Right? And he's – and Pritchard and Undertaker, who are, like, close friends, they had, like, a little bit of a, a spat because each other thought the other one knew about it. Oh, wow. And it wasn't until, like, later on that they both had the conversation together. But um, basically, Taker knew in his mind what was going to happen. And Pritchard kind of assumed what was going to happen. But neither of them knew. And then the story goes that Taker, like, offered to protect Vince in the locker room. Um, He kind of told everybody to stay away. And then the other story that's told, and Triple H tells this on Shoemaker's podcast, um, they... Sean and Triple H and Briscoe walk backstage and they're greeted by two guys who Sean had apparently used to piss off quite frequently during this era. None other than uh, Skull and Eight Ball. (laughs) And they're standing there waiting for the two of them as they walk through and they're like, come with us. And they they bring them into the locker room and they go, no one's going to F with you guys. Like, we know what just happened. We understand what just happened but you're safe with us. And they basically took them into the locker room and and protected them through this. Yeah. Skull and eight ball, the Harris brothers. Um, so scary guys. Yeah. It's, (laughs) there's so many wild perspectives and stories from this. Um, it, it just makes you love wrestling so much. It it really does. Hearing you like lay all this out. I'm like, God, I love this. (laughs) Right. It's so crazy. I, I just, the, the, everything that's surrounding it, Everything that has, you know, the the backstory, the way that Vince makes all three main parties here, Vince, Sean, and Brett, all make you believe that this is real life. Like, oh, one hundred percent. We didn't even talk about how it gets knocked out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't. Yeah, yeah we so haven't that's even the, so gotten there yet. The, but that, that, the the cameras from the documentaries that are being filmed are being around. It's like all of these things are just absolutely insane and is really our first exposure to like behind the scenes in WWF. Yeah. It, yeah. It's wild. Absolutely wild. So they, right. well, so they well, hear me out. Like aren't all, doesn't all this lead you to maybe even consider that this is a work? I don't know. Wait, wait, hold on. So wait, before, before you bring that up, before you bring that up. So they have the, the documentary team in the back and I think like Briscoe, says to Vince like tells him you know you're, you're gonna have to take a shot and Vince understands like he's gonna get knocked out by Brett <laughs> so the story is that Brett's in the shower and Vince is in the backstage and and let they let him know that Vince is there and Brett says let me finish showering so <laughs> Brett comes out and he's still soaking wet with his towel wrapped around him and yeah. he he clocks Vince And, you know, and like someone asked in in one of the interviews that I listened to, they're like, wait, so he was just in a towel like or and they're like, no, no, he was in underwear. And then the towel still wrapped (laughs) around him, but he was still dripping wet and he knocked him out. But the other layer that apparently they didn't account for was Shane because Shane was like a loose cannon at the time. And Shane had no clue what was going on. And they were. Yeah. So slaughter played a role in keeping Shane out of the picture because <laughs> because so they ways. were because they were worried if Vince got knocked out that Shane would get involved and it would took 
take like over an even bigger story, which Vince was like, I know what I have to do here. I have to protect my company. And if I have to take a shot, I'm going to take a shot. And, and he did. Um, and that's the, the, the one layer eye, that, yeah. The black eye is brutal too, man. Like oh, Brett, yeah. Brett got him. <laughs> Brett tagged him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knocked him off, off his feet. That's yeah. what the story goes. His mouth was definitely a gape after he punched him, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Standing over him. <sighs> yeah. It's it's like you said, though, Jim, like the conspiracy theory of like, did is it a work? It's wrestling, Man. right? I mean, it is yeah. wrestling. You could definitely see how there? this could be. A... Yeah. We'll put it, well, give me give me a percentage, all of you. Give me, Each of you give me one a percentage of the chance that this is a work. What would you say? 25% work. Oh, wow. That's, see, that's a, that's a good chance. One out of four, right? That's what I would say. I, I, would, I, I especially as time has gone on and the amount of documentaries that they've made on this. I don't know, but Some Brett, like if it, it is, is then Brett is. If it if it is a work, then Brett is the greatest because that guy is the most bitter mf'er in, like in the business. That's like the that guy holds right? a that's, grudge. That's the argument that like why it's not right. a work, right? It's because of the Brett thing. But you could also. To counter that is the Owen death. You could say yes. maybe he has bad blood there, right? Like, right. So that maybe diffuses that. But what do, what do you guys, Matt, Mikey, what do you think? What percentage would you say? Is there any chance? Fifteen. Fifteen. Oh, you're lower. All right. I'm I'm lower even at ten. You are you are a true believer. Oh, I am he's, a, I am a believer, yeah. man. This I one... forget that you are the guy coming up with the uh, all the scenarios for us all the time. Like, <laughs> Mr. Fantasy Booker. Yeah, Fantasy I, Booker. That's I, good though. It is, and twenty five might be high. I, if you ask me that question, sorry to take your 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 uh, opinion, Matt. Still for thinking. A second. He's still thinking. Um, <laughs> I three or four percent. Three or four. <laughs> I, I, if you asked me this question years and years ago, I would definitely be leaning towards the lesser side of a work. Sure. But yeah. but I could, I guess to me, I could, I wouldn't be shocked if if it came out that it was a work. You know. Um, no. And that's where the the twenty five percent kind of protects that. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm sticking with my ten percent. I don't think I can go into single digits because there's certainly some possibility there. But all, uh, there has to be different layers of the truth. There's just just there's so many layers to the onion here. Like you peel back another thing, and then you talking about the Shane part, and then the the skull and eight ball, and like there's so many crazy things that even. Even Mick Foley was in this and yeah. angry about it, and like he didn't show up to Raw the next night. Yeah. Foley, he was yes. so pissed off. So all of this, all of this stuff is so wild, and it is, it, man. Like I, it's, I started it's, thinking it's, of like the CM Punk and, and Tony Khan thing, and like I know it's completely different. We shouldn't go down that path, but like. That's what popped into my head. It, like this, that is the most realistic piece where you have you're questioning reality, you're questioning who knows what and what's going on. And I, I just the way that Brett acts, you had to have known that this was a possibility. Sure, you had yes. to have known that yes. that, that especially Vince was someone... going to do something like this. Right. But... That's what people ask. Like people say, like, was Brett dumb? Like, did he not know this is like going to happen? Like, he's a team right. host. He's been around. Why do you let him get you in the entire sharp life? Yeah, exactly. Like, he's he's come. He's seen this. This is what they do. They protect the, right. their, their territories yeah. and stuff. It's that's what Vince is doing. If it's not a work, yeah, and and it's, that's it, where I believe it. It's him protecting the territory, Jim. You said it perfectly. Like, 
he's doing what's best for his company at that time. This is after the Alundra Blaze thing. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. That had happened. He didn't need to see that happen again. He didn't right. want or that. More corroborating and evidence. Yeah. It's even worse. It's even worse if it's the winged eagle. It's not just right. the right. That, it's that, not just the women's we, title. Not women, to degrade yeah, the women's no, title, no, but the women's but title back when it was nothing. When, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, man, it it would have been massive, and they did it with with Ric Flair in '92, in '91, yeah. and yeah. you know, Vince so knows it's, like he's owed one, like for that bullshit right. that they pulled, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. To me, this is the greatest feud and one of the greatest moments in wrestling history it's up yeah, there hands down. look yeah. at a conversation you can have about it it's yeah amazing. it's fun and we just scratched the surface we can yeah. sit right. here all night and like yep. we're 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 sitting here at an hour and 15 minutes in and like we've barely even cut the first layer yeah. of the onion man yeah, what, so you wonder, what, they can make a ten-part documentary. They can oh, make a feature yeah. film about this. You know, I could. I and that's why. Think about it. I, think about how many. I could tell you. Like, I've listened to so many different podcasts with people with interviews behind the scenes, or people who were involved. Or you've listened. There's even recently A uh, and E came out with a documentary about this, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I already know what happens, yeah, but yeah. I still watched it yeah, because yeah. that's it's how invested I am, and that's how much I love it. So let's it's, get down to ours, like this this podcast. What do you give the Montreal screw job match like the whole match and the story? It's gotta be five cans in the cooler. Yeah. Like I don't I see it how it could not be. Like everything that goes down. I mean, we don't even see the footage of uh Brett giving the WCW to the yep. crowd. No, that's yep. crazy, right? Like it ends, the show ends so quickly. Yeah, and that's so what I was fast. like, kind of talking about how it's literally from the time the bell rings till it goes off the air, it's 60 seconds and you don't even that's see any of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. The only the only juicy piece you get is Brett hocking that loogie yeah. and uh, Shawn Michaels mouthing, God damn it, what the right. F happened? Yeah. Like, you know, and then he you, he's out. He doesn't yeah. even pick up the European title. Did you notice that? Yeah, he goes yeah, over. Gra- he, yeah. he grabs the winged eagle and he bounces out with Triple yeah. H. And he European finally raises his hand here. in like like in victory in the last like yeah. six feet before he hits the tunnel. But yeah, easily fa- five cans in the cooler. This match is captivating. And uh, Nick, you said it best. It rewatching it. You always think about the ending. You always think about how from the sharpshooter on, right? The ref bump on. You don't remember the chaos that was happening beforehand and the beautiful storytelling that was happening from the announcers in the beginning in the intro to Bret Hart working the leg to Shawn Michaels coming out and working the crowd and being that amazing heel to the Canadian crowd there. Uh, it's beautifully done. And the unknown 25 years later of the mythical Montreal screw job is five cans, hands down. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's even, I give it five cans. And um, also, it's just contributes to just like parodies of it to this day. Like, yeah, think yeah. about one year later at uh, the Deadly Games tournament, how uh, yeah. they do the exact right. same thing. That's crazy. 100%. Right? Like Rocky, Rocky gets the Rock sharpshooter. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Brett yeah, with WCW at that point in time, so yeah. yeah, it's it's incredible. I was looking for a way to give it like a four point five, but it's <laughs> impossible. It's impossible, right? Yeah, like, you can't. I think this match you w- can watch it like 
even before the screw job part, right? Like you can watch it frame by frame, pause, play, pause, play, pause, play. Like it's the JF, the Zapruder film, you know, like, like <laughs> there's so much happening. AB that every, shit. Yeah. There's so much happening in every scene. <laughs> like the fans are ballistic, ballistic. Like they are out of their minds. Like Brett and Sean are at the absolute peak of their games here. Like there's so much going on. So I'll give it five cans in the cooler. And I will say, if it is a work, actually, this thing gets, forget five cans, it gets 50 cans in the cooler. Yeah. <laughs> if it, if it, this is a work, oh, it's, it's the greatest match of yeah, all time. Without <laughs> a doubt. It makes and it's it the greatest fun. work that we've ever oh, been it's, been a part of. It's It should it should go on. Like if Vince dies, he should say, Montreal's crew job was a work, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Put it right on his tombstone. Yeah. yeah. yeah right? Yeah, got gotcha. you. Unveil Something. that thing. <laughs> yeah. On on the network and everything. Yeah. All right. So uh, before we wrap things up, I don't mean to abruptly let you take things over, Matt, but this was a lot of fun, and uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it because clearly we did, and and we we enjoy this era. This is this is peak fandom for me. Um, so Matt, I'm gonna let you take it over with the uh, the top three of this week in wrestling, the extra cooler top three. Let's do it. The Extra Cooler Show is a proud member of the Pod Foundation. The Pod Foundation is a partnership between ourselves, the Chick Foley Show, Turnbuckle Tavern, and Coming Down the Aisle. We are committed to bringing wrestling fans everywhere the best content possible and sharing our love for all things professional wrestling. Be sure to follow at Pod Foundation on Instagram and Twitter to interact with us and stay up to date on all of our shows. We are back with some extra credit in our extra cooler top three, spotlighting our top stories from the week that was in pro wrestling brought to you by Chalkline. Chalkline brings you our favorite officially licensed WWE apparel on jackets, shorts, and more at chalk-line.com. And the Pod Foundation will save you 10% when you enter PF10 at checkout. Much like last week, we are going to buzz through our top stories from this week. Honorable mention will be dominated by AEW this past Wednesday. We saw the return of Colt Cabana onto our television screens, which does this mark the end of CM Punk? Uh, Certainly an interesting little wrinkle into their storytelling, but for me, the real honorable mention here and the real all-star of the show, Rick Ross was the man in his segment, man. I thoroughly enjoyed it um, with Swerve in Your Glory. Uh, it was awesome. I hope there's more Rick Ross on our TVs. Story number three, the Bray Wyatt saga continues, and he seems to be targeting Alexa Bliss. The Wyatt 6 logo is showing up behind her on her promo at... Um, Crown Jewel, and also on Monday Night Raw. Uh, I'm excited for this story. Story number two, Logan Paul delivers big time in the main event at Crown Jewel. And in addition to, it sounds like he has torn his ACL, MCL, and potentially his meniscus in the middle of the match and still pulled out an absolute banger with um, with Roman Reigns. And it really goes to show that Roman carry can carry a, a rookie through this uh, through this event, but his it, it, this really gets story number two because of his little uh, selfie video of hitting that frog splash from the ring to the announce table. What a move! 
But story number one is owned by Papa H himself, Triple H, and the storytelling that's happening on Raw. He took some big chances this past week. Mia Yim is joined the OC. Nikki Cross is back with a vengeance and absolute chaos and um, dumping the 24-7 title into a garbage can. Well, she tried. She missed. Um, And then Austin Theory cashes in his money in the bank contract to attempt to win the u.s title and comes up short burying the money in the bank i don't understand it i don't get it but it's the story number one snuffing out the the vince mcmahon booking of the one and only austin theory let's see where he goes from here but that is our top three top three from the week that was in pro wrestling back to you nick our top three is free it's all right. Yeah, we give free. it away to people. The free top free, three. Free I like it. It works. Um, so thank you, Matt. Uh, so we've got some fun stuff planned as the uh, the holiday season approaches. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Extra Cooler and on Twitter at Extra Cooler Show. Don't forget to follow and check out the Pod Foundation on social media at Pod Foundation. While you're at it, don't forget to follow, subscribe, rate, and review and tell all of your friends about the Extra Cooler Show available wherever you get your podcasts. I said it earlier that you you know, you you said we found a topic for our one hundredth episode. I said it was a month away. Our two year anniversary is about a month, a month. away. So yes. really stoked on that one. We should come out swinging we'll have a good time. So um cheers, fellas. Cheers. Later. Kick a scrawny ass. <laughs> This crowd is living. Michael for the Sunshiner has become the WWF champion. And Bret Hart is standing in disbelief. Ladies and gentlemen, good night from Montreal. Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a problem. (laughs) Right, so, uh, right, so, uh, what's in cooler? Oh, that just blew my mind. <laughs> the rhino, the rhino's on you. Extra credit. Port, 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 side heater. Extra credit. Nasty, nasty, nice.